You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Monday Night Football in the books, Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills. Pat's now one seed currently in the AFC. Uh, how the turntables for uh, for Bill Belichick and those Patriots after people wanted to write him off and say it was all Tom Brady. Bill Belichick's got something to say about that with his rookie quarterback. More on Bill, his rookie quarterback, and the Pats win from Monday Night Football and all the rest of the games we did not get to from yesterday's program from the Week 13 Sunday schedule at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Might filter in a few questions. If not, we'll hit some on tomorrow's program Wednesday. So, yeah, find us on Twitter. Say hi. Let us know what's going on. And if you have any questions about your particular team or anything going on in the National Football League or otherwise, hit us up at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. And thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Matt, Patriots, 14-10 over the Bills. And we nailed this as much as you can nail a game, except that we didn't go as extreme as this was going to be. I think I, didn't I say something like, this is a type of game where Mac Jones is only allowed to throw 12 times? I, I, I so, wildly yeah. overestimated that. Three pass attempts. <laughs> Two of three passing for 19 yards. Amazing. I don't know what to make of it. I mean, obviously extreme weather games are hard to analyze. Like I remember last year, there was a three game stretch that the Browns played in just horrible weather. So you'd look at their stats, you know, after that and be like, boy, their offense stinks. Like, well, the weather's been horrible. I mean, like there's something to be said for that. Clearly Josh Allen was more able to handle the conditions than Jones. I think, I I mean, uh, I assume everyone's going to say, Belichick had no faith in Jones to throw the ball in those conditions. That's probably true, but he never had to. You know, like, I kept wanting the Patriots to get down by, you know, two scores and half to throw. I mean, that that Harris 64-yard touchdown early in the game almost sealed the fate of the game. I mean, points are so hard to come by. The Patriots could just keep handing it off and handing it off and, I didn't want them to get down because I picked them in their their money line. So that worked out well for me. Mm-hmm. I thought they would win this game because they were the more physical team. And that showed, I mean, the Bills knew a run was coming every play and put like everyone in the box and still were allowing a lot of yardage to Stevenson and Harris. But I don't know what to make of Mac Jones. Is this a, a huge negative for him that, boy, he's never going to be able to handle the weather? Or is it just a fact of we didn't need to find out? Yeah, no, I don't think there's there, too much should be made of it. He's a rookie quarterback, and clearly Bill Belichick trying to protect him a little bit in these elements. And I'm sure in meetings leading up to the game, Bill Belichick said something like this to Josh McDaniels. Look, if we can get out of there and just run the ball every down and not have to throw it at all in these uh, in, in these conditions, that would be great. And that's exactly <laughs> what they were able to do. So I think that's exactly how he drew it up. And, uh, I mean, yes, and he's protecting his young quarterback. Didn't want him to have to attempt the passes in this sort of an environment. Um, he didn't even let Mac Jones talk to the Mannings before 
the game and Peyton Manning, this is the first quarterback Peyton Manning hasn't talked to before the Manning cast on Monday Night Football because he was not allowed to and he tried to contact Mac Jones directly and Mac Jones told Peyton Manning, "Uh, you got to talk to the PR folks and the PR folks said, nope, can't talk to our quarterback. (laughs) So, um, yeah, clearly they're, they're, they're doing things to protect Mac Jones and he's not being asked to do a ton. He's not being asked to do as much as Josh Allen is for the Buffalo Bills and it's by design and I don't think it's, you know, I think if any rookie quarterback was in there, that's probably the way it would go for Bill Belichick. He, I mean, Tom Brady would have thrown more than three passes, I assume, in a game like this. But sure. I don't think you can make too many too many conclusions about Mac Jones. And it's just, you know, it, not a great place for him to be throwing. And they didn't need him to throw. So why make him throw? Yeah, I, I, you said that well. Like, I'm, I bet, you know, McDaniels and Bill went... Well, let's run the ball until we can't anymore. And, and they, they never, never got to that point. They never couldn't, right. And they never couldn't. And we know even on a beautiful sunny day, the Bills are not a running team and the Patriots are. You know I mean? So I thought the, the conditions greatly favored New England yes. with the exception of the quarterback position. And that's what kind of made it interesting to me is Allen made enough plays considering the weather to keep this thing kind of close. Yeah, he did. I, I thought Allen was actually pretty impressive, even though you look at his <laughs> yeah. line, 15 of 30, 145 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. So, you know, he didn't turn the ball over. He gave them a chance to win. Uh, some difficult throws in the wind that he was able to make because of his arm strength. One question I would have is why they didn't utilize Allen on the ground more. I he had six too. carries for 39 yards. I thought that would be a really good way for them to continue moving the ball and still put the ball in Allen's hands but not ask him to do too much throwing because it was so difficult, and they're not good running the ball with their running backs anyway. Right, that's a good point. And, I mean, he dropped back the pass 30 times and probably could have run five more. You know, I, I didn't study it. You know, I didn't watch you all 22 or, you know, really break it down. I assume Belichick was expecting that and had yeah. some sort of you know spies in place or whatever. Uh, I was in the middle of writing an article and watching the best I could, but I didn't study that aspect of it. But still, I mean, even if you know it's coming, that probably was your best weapon in this game. Where would you rank Matt Judon as the top free agent signings this offseason? Hi. I mean, boy, does he fit, too. I mean... What's interesting to me is traditionally, I mean, the Belichick-Brady era, they have not had great edge pass rushers. I mean, yes, Willie McGinnis was a really good player. Chandler Jones, and then they traded him. And a big reason why is they've been too good to draft edge rushers in the first round. I mean, those guys are gone before pick 30. You know what I mean? So they didn't don't have a lot of opportunities to grab super dynamic edge guys and they put more of their stock in cover people and blitz so this is kind of like a little cherry on top to have uh, uh, an edge player who's an upper tier guy and why i say he fits so well is he's very versatile he's smart and those are two huge keys for belichick of course and he's extremely physical for an edge guy too so i think he's a perfect fit Buffalo Bills, as of today, would still be the seven seed in the AFC, tied at seven and five, but losing tiebreakers to the Bengals and Chargers, who are also at seven and five. Then you've got three eight-win teams in the Titans, the Ravens, and the Chiefs, who are leading their divisions. And then you've got the New England Patriots, Matt, as the one seed, the lone nine-win team in the AFC. Pretty remarkable. I'm not sure they're going to concede that that title either. 
it's I mean, they've got the formula down. Uh, and yeah, if they can win games well. without putting too much on their rookie quarterback's shoulders, then that's a winning formula. And I don't know how yeah. far they can go, but man, it's 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 kind of cool. It, I mean, and would would a would a Brady Belichick Super Bowl be, be pretty cool? Would it, would it be too much? Like, awesome. I, I would almost like cringe for the two weeks leading up. That extra week is already really annoying before the Super Bowl. <laughs> but the actual game would be really awesome. Uh, side note, I mean, that first week, I tried to ignore everything I possibly can and try to dig in. I, I call that Senior Bowl week. I don't call that Yes, first exactly. Week, you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank goodness for the Senior Bowl that week. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to some other games here on the Sunday schedule that we did not cover on Monday's show. And I want to go to... The Eagles and Jets first. The Eagles trying to stay in that playoff mix. They're sub 500, but they're just outside of the NFC wild card uh, at six and seven now on the year after beating up on the Jets. Jets fall to three and nine, 33 18. But the story here with the Eagles and Jets game was that it was Gardner Minshew at quarterback and not Jalen Hurts. And Gardner Minshew played pretty darn good. 20 of 25 passing, 242 yards, and two scores. And really ignited a passing game that had not been there recently for that Eagles team. And they were able to run the ball on the Jets defense too. So they kind of were able to do whatever they want. Was this Minshew or is this going against a, a Jets defense that's undermanned? Well, first of all, I don't know if our listeners remember, but when this trade was made, Minshew to the Eagles, I sort of predicted then... I think Minshew is going to start to take over as a starter at some point this season. I've grown grown fonder of Jalen Hurts since that day, but uh, needless to say, I'm a Minshew fan. I'm a Minshew believer. He's probably one of the best 32, in my opinion. I'd take Minshew over the Daltons of the world. I'm not saying he's going to go on to go to the Hall of Fame. But I also said, and this one hits home, I criticized the Steelers and Washington and a lot of these teams that don't have their guy in place for next year, that they weren't the ones that added this guy. I mean, the Eagles got him for a six round pick. Yeah. I mean, he's worth a lot more than that is the, is the really the point here. And he played extremely well, exactly how he should, you know, the foundation is still the running game. Miles Sanders had a big day before he was injured. They controlled the clock. And he was highly, highly accurate with the football. And that's all they needed against a pretty bad Jets team. And just a quick Jets note, I mean, I do think Wilson and absolutely Elijah Moore are looking better. I mean, Moore never looked bad. But, I mean, he's he's past the point of where I'm worried about Moore. But I do think Wilson's getting a little better. I was also surprised by the Eagles able to get Minshew for yeah. a sixth round pick because Minshew was already a sixth round draft pick. And for a sixth round pick in 2019, so he was he's still under contract for 2022, which is basically free as a sixth round pick on a rookie That's contract. I mean. As far as someone who's a startable NFL quarterback, and maybe he is number 32 if he's one of the 32 best. You know, we're not saying he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, but a backup quarterback that can start you games and win you games that is basically free. That that was surprising that the Eagles were able to come away with that, even if he didn't play much, and he hasn't this year. But um, that was the Gardner Minshew that people like is, you know, not only the the swag, as they call it, off the field and the mustache and mullet or whatever, um, which which is kind of tired for me. But <laughs> the quarterback is, is pretty good. Yeah, he's a good player. He's going to be in this league for 10 or 12 years. I think he'll have a Ryan Fitzpatrick-like career where he'll probably bounce around the team's start for a while they'll draft somebody ahead of them but like wouldn't the saints love to have gardner Minshew right now 
Oh, this, it would Minshew would be perfect for the Saints. How would exactly. the Saints yeah. not in on that? How were the Steelers not in on that? It's it, it is pretty mind blowing. Yep, no doubt about the, it. The league clearly didn't like Minshew as much as you and I did. Or Jacksonville just didn't shop them properly, or you know, I mean, they made one call. Possibly. Well, yeah, I, and and I I I think you have to point at Jacksonville because the CJ right. um the the CJ Henderson, Henderson stuff was like they gave him it was a first round caliber quarterback and he played well. He showed first round talent as a rookie, and you get rid of him after his rookie season for nothing. Yeah, I mean, I just got the feeling that some Jags had to go, and we'll get we'll take anything for him. Well, right, smart. You know who's the biggest winner actually is. Dallas Goddard fantasy owners when Gardner Minshew yep. was in there. Six catches for 105 and two touchdowns. Like, that's very different because the tight ends have been non-existent with Jalen Hurts in there at quarterback. I, I'm also a huge Goddard fan. Also, obviously, it helps that Ertz is gone. I mean, him leaving paved the way perfectly for Goddard. But just fantasy, my hunch is when next year's fantasy drafts roll around Labor Day-ish 2023 or 2022, He's going to be a top five ranked tight end for me. I mean, he's going to be there with like the Hawkinsons and Pitts and those yep. type of guys to me. All right, we got to move on and, and yep. go through these games a little quicker. But I just do want to say because we haven't talked about the Jets at all. Jets still the Jets. Not surprising that they didn't win a football game this week. But Zach Wilson back in there and you know making some good throws. So slowly continue to develop, and we'll see what Zach Wilson becomes there for the Jets as they continue to add talent uh, to both sides of the ball in New York. Next, we've got a ton of games to get to. Colts, Texans, Washington in Las Vegas. Um, We've got Jags, Rams. We've got Giants, Dolphins, and a few Dolphins notes as well coming up. Yeah, yeah. You might listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You might switch to our friends at Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost... You get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for only $30 a month per line so your family can share all the insights. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. I don't think I'm even on the speed of 5G right now. Maybe it's time to switch to Boost Mobile and find out what that's all about. With all the money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Who's it going to be? All LA? Rams? Chargers, maybe? Brady versus Belichick? Is your team going to be in the big game? You can get tickets and an entire package. Exact seats to choose from an elite experience Package featuring exclusive pregame celebrations with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolf King Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or just search Super Bowl on location. 
Don't look now, Matt, but those Miami Dolphins on a heater, improving to 6-7 and seven now on the season, defeating the New York Giants at home 20-9. to nine. And this one was, you know, it's going to be tough for the Giants, and we, we both picked Miami because of the way these teams are playing, and Mike Glennon was in there at quarterback, and things didn't go great for him, and um, I thought he got hurt. Did he get hurt? I thought too? he got hurt, yeah. Yeah, but he's, nobody else threw any passes, so there's nobody else in the, in the stat sheet I was there, but I thought I saw guessing that, that too. I don't yeah. think Glennon finished the game, but whoever came in did not throw a pass. I think it was Jake Fromm. He might be starting this week. Mm, that's pr- not helpful for the Giants, you know, they're, they're in that spot. Um, but uh, I think the story here, and as our listeners point out, is Tua. And uh, I want to go to Hoyt who is a frequent listener and tweeter into the show. Yeah. Shout out to Ontario, Canada. He says, uh, I know you've talked a lot of Tua in the last couple of weeks, but don't you think Tua is earning his way to the Dolphins investing in him? Imagine how much greater the O becomes with a legit running attack and offensive line. Well, first of all, yes, I agree. They need to improve the offensive line and improve some things around Tua if they keep Tua. I can understand if you can get a superstar quarterback, you do it. But Tua is helping his cause be a starter whether it's in Miami or somewhere else. And uh, he pointed out some stats here for Tua that are situational, fourth quarter and red zone stuff. Um, Number one in fourth quarter completion percentage by over 8%. Number one in fourth quarter scoring percentage, run and pass. Number two, uh, this is is going back to, uh, this is not in the league. This is Dolphins passers going back to 1994. So everybody since Hmm. Marino, basically. When did Marino retire? Murderer's row of great quarterbacks. Right. When did Marino retire? Uh, came in in 83, so 96-ish, maybe. Okay, yeah, guessing. so Marino was okay. still going. So this end career. This is even including end of career, Dan Marino. Uh, he's number two in fourth quarter passer rating, number six in first down percentage, number three in red zone scoring, uh, number two in red zone sacks per attempt. So, you know, it's a different era of football than 94, but uh, it's not that different of an era of football since some recent Miami Dolphins teams. But basically the bottom line is two is playing pretty good, bro. He's playing pretty good ball right now. I don't know if he's changing any minds in Miami, but he's playing pretty good ball, and he played good ball in this game. 30 of 41 passing, 244 yards, two touchdowns. He's uh, masterful with the RPOs, and he was in college as well, and it's not a huge deep downfield passing attack, but he's finding his rookie wide receiver in Jalen Waddle quite often, nine for 90 yards in this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with my Tua talk. Is Yes, I've been quite impressed with him since he returned from injury. He's very crisp with the football. It comes out quick. He understands timing. You mentioned RPOs. You have to talk RPOs when you talk about Tua. Um, He is masterful with them. He was at Alabama. They've adjusted their offense around him extremely well. It also is, you know, fruitful to run that many RPOs when the offensive line is, is in work and progress as Miami's is. And their line is young. It should get better. They've invested in the Eichenbergs of the world and those guys. Um, but I also, I, we did that exercise last week of, you know, is, is he a starter next year? I had no reservations that, yes, he is. And probably in Miami, to you know, to Holt's point. Uh, I, I think that unless you, the Watson deal is too good to pass up, you're pretty happy with what you got. But he is never going to be a drive the ball downfield power thrower. You know, he's going to have to be a singles hitter, a nickel and dimer, and, you know, strive to be Drew Brees. You know, we mentioned that Saints offense with Minshew. Tua would be perfect in that as well. Um, Not quite as mobile or as physically imposing as people might guess, 
But yeah, I mean, he's over the hump for me as, yeah, that guy's an NFL starting quarterback. Five straight for the Miami Dolphins. They've got the Jets coming up. They've got Saints, Titans, and Patriots to finish out the season. I do not think they're going to be playoff bound, but they could salvage this season after, what, a one in six start, was it? And um, Yeah, they were one in seven. Uh, one in seven, yeah, one in yeah, seven right. start. They will be in the playoff conversation those last couple of weeks of the season, uh, which is quite quite interesting for those Miami Dolphins really turning this thing around one more note on Jalen Waddle rookie wide receiver uh, field Yates threw this out this morning and it it, it blows me away the style of player Waddle has been I, don't, I think it's more of the offense than because of Waddle himself but he's been um, he hasn't been a deep threat despite his speed he's been more of uh, an underneath uh, you know kind of a Rondell Moore high, guy yeah high yeah. catch number low yardage guy but Jalen Waddle, after the the nine catches this week, he has six games with at least eight receptions, tying Odell Beckham Jr. for the most such games by a rookie in NFL history. And Waddle is on pace for 112 catches this season, 11 more than any other rookie ever. Obviously, an extra game, but still uh, becoming a game changer in their offense. Field Yates says, and um, yeah, it's just a very highly targeted player, different stylistically than I expected, but he's putting up huge rookie numbers, and it's kind of gone underreported. And another rookie, both their first-round picks. Jalen Phillips, another two sacks, five now in two games, so started slow. He's coming on like gangbusters. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, we, we've mentioned that this is an exceptional rookie class. I don't have this handy. I think Waddle's dot, his average depth of target, is increasing. They are pushing him downfield a little more. So they've acclimated all these guys slowly and it's starting to pay off and they're winning five in a row. Um, they're six and seven after starting one and seven. I feel like they probably have to get to 10 to get in the in, in the AFC. I don't know if they can get to that, but they're definitely playing better than four or five AFC teams that are ahead of <laughs> right. them. You know I mean? I'd, I, I think I'd pick them straight up against the Browns or Titans, maybe the Steelers, you know I mean? They're, they're playing well and then certainly going the right direction. I don't know if the Giants win another one. I think they're a disaster. Right, and the Titans are on the schedule for Miami, so the Pats mm. is the only game that you really think there's a, a better-than-average chance that they're going to lose that game. So maybe they can sneak in there. Well, that would still put them at 9-8 and eight if they yeah, were 3 Yeah, I don't think that's enough. Yeah, 3-1 and one the rest of the way. But, yeah, yeah. might be just I know we don't have shot. a lot of time today, but the Steelers getting that tie, I think if they get to nine wins, which essentially is nine and a half. Yes, which they probably could. I mean, they can. I think 10 is going to be the magic number for everybody else. Yeah, so nine and a half is is the number that teams need to surpass to get into the playoffs. I think so, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a good number. I'm starting to get a little bit of clarity there in the AFC. Uh, I mean, rookie pass rushers, got to mention Quincy Roche and Aziz Ojolari for the Giants, two bright spots for them, uh, both with sacks in this game. So yeah, just they've been playing well. A couple of stand-up rushers. All right, we've really got to move on and um, go a little quicker with some of these games. How about Chargers beating up on the Cincinnati Bengals? Speaking of two teams in the AFC trying to get to 10 wins that uh, every other week, it's just flip a coin. Which one of those teams is going to be good? It was good Chargers, bad Bengals in this one. Yeah, really good game. Uh, Heavy implications. I'm very impressed with how the Chargers are playing. Um, Both pass protections were questionable, to say the least, even with Bosa missing some time in this game. The Bengals were short a couple offensive linemen. Uh, Burrow banged his pinky in this game, too, and struggled through it. Um, Big takeaway for me was two great young quarterbacks, of course. Herbert was awesome in this game. Um, But one thing that stands out is the Chargers' run defense has just been awful this year. 
Well, the last couple of weeks, they've altered things and they're starting to put people in the box. And one name we don't bring up enough is Derwin James is maybe as good as any defensive player in the league. I mean, he is a superstar. Yeah, it's awesome to see him back out there. And he's he's getting in on on passes, defending passes. He can also get to the quarterback. He can run and chase uh, ball carriers in the middle of the field. So, yeah, he's really fun to watch on that defense. They get that run defense figured out, and, and they are a problem, especially with how good Justin Herbert is. And I think they're letting him throw a little bit more down the field again, which they kind of got they away are. from him for a while uh, in that offense, which is key for Justin Herbert being able to uh, keep defenses honest. Uh, it's interesting with the <laughs> Jamar Chase had another bad drop in this one, and T. Higgins has kind of taken over. It an interception. It could have been a right. – it would have been – it probably would have been a long touchdown. He bobbles it. And the charger picks it off. Like Knocked it, it up a into negative the, instead of a massive play. Yeah, it was a bad one. Knocked it up into the air. And he T. Higgins the last few weeks has overtaken Chase again because Jamar Chase had that hot start. And now T. Higgins is turning into the number one for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow just really trusts that Higgins is going to come down with the ball. And he's really good with those ball skills. And nine catches, 138, and a touchdown here. So um, they still have that deep passing attack. And Joe, Furrow, Joe Burrow is not afraid to, to throw it deep. 100%. And on the other side, it looks like Mike Williams is back to full health. Keenan Allen pops up on the COVID list, though, yesterday. So keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that for sure. How about Colts, Texans? Coming up next, we've got Washington Raiders as well. Jags, Rams, and that's it. To finish it up for this week 13 action. Folks, in life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com Vacations, you can be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness. Bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may you just want to be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, man, when, when I'm at a beach or a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar, drinking my hand, maybe creating my own taco flight or having a good meal. Uh, as long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. But with Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you are looking for. So... What are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. Indianapolis Colts, Matt, are in a much better spot than those Miami Dolphins with a late charge because they had a little bit better head start on the season. They're at 7-6 and six now, and that's why it's so diff- difficult for some of these teams and why you, you got to get to 10 wins to get into the playoffs because there's too many teams vying for all these spots. And if a team like the Colts gets hot, uh, they can really slam the door on some of these things and there, there's so many seven win teams now in the AFC they're seven and six after completely shutting out the Houston Texans 31 to zero this was kind of a laugher so I don't even know how many takeaways there are in this except for a good team beating a bad team and the Colts just handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor 32 times yeah I don't think we could spend much time on this one I think I took the Texans plus double digit points thought they might be able to hang around and slow this team down a little but I also picked up the Colts as my streaming defense for fantasy and was very happy about that with the shutout and uh, other assorted goodness. I mean, pretty much I got two numbers is pretty much all you need to know that are just rare in the NFL is the Colts held the ball for over 41 minutes of play. I mean, over 35 is a ton, let alone 41. That's crazy. And then the other one that you don't see very often too, yards per play for Houston. 2.8. I mean, below four is bad. Below three is dismal. (laughs) 
it's really bad there, and it doesn't matter. It's really if it's, bad. Doesn't matter if it's Mills or yards. yeah, Tyrod Taylor, the rookie Mills. Doesn't really matter. Their numbers are looking almost identical. I thought there would be a little bit more there with the the Tyrod Taylor Houston offense, and maybe getting Brandon Cooks involved and having some fantasy value there. Uh, not really happening. There was the one win there with Tyrod Taylor quarterback, and that's about it. So. Um, yeah, I guess here's another number to sum that up. Both quarterbacks threw 13 and 14 passes, respectively. Neither one could get to 50 yards through the air. <laughs> not even 50 <laughs> yards, not 100 <laughs> yards combined after 30 attempts. Yeah, not, yeah, not so great. Don't look now. That Washington football team is six seed in the NFC at six and six now. They have the tiebreaker over the Niners, who are the only other six and six team. Seems like every other team in the NFC doesn't even want to make the playoffs at this point and keeps losing games. So it is Washington now in that spot, in a much better spot than the Raiders, who lost 17-15 to Washington, who are also six and six, but have a much much more difficult difficult road to get into the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah, I almost feel like Washington and Miami are sort of the same, that they're catching fire at the right time, figuring things out, um, know who they are. You had a really good stat last week about defenses that have turned it around, and Washington and Kansas City were two of the – I think Miami was the other, come to think of it – that yep. were drastically different from early in the season. That's absolutely showing up. They're playing more zone coverage. They're blowing fewer coverages. Heineke is kind of that Minshew conversation. He's probably one of the best 32 on the planet right now. And he's going to be in this league a long time. I think Washington has to consider, should we go one more year with this kid and give him some more stuff? And if the draft doesn't fall our way, um, the Raiders aren't in a wonderful spot. You know, I mean, uh, Washington very much leans on Gibson now. I love seeing that. They figured things out. It looks like Logan Thomas is going to be out for the year after popping back into this game. And one guy I don't know we've mentioned enough, too, is Hunter Renfro. I mean, I, we do – I don't do a lot of DFS, but on our Steelers show, every Friday we pick a DFS team, and we've been picking him every week because he's, like, middle-of-the-road cheap, and he catches nine or ten balls every week for 100 <laughs> yards. I mean, like, yeah. he's super consistent. PPR monster. Yeah. Yeah, nine catches for 102 in this one. They got the ball into – Jacob's hands nine times as a receiver, which I think is important Love to that. get him involved more. Didn't really help on the scoreboard. They were only able to get 15 points total, and nine of those came in the fourth quarter. So uh, putting the ball in the end zone was tough. One touchdown rushing for uh, Jacobs in that game. And I, I'm still not a believer in what Washington is doing right now. They, they're playing better ball, and they're winning some games, but I'm not convinced. I'm not super impressed by it either and Heineke I feel like there's he's going to turn into a pumpkin we've seen this with numerous good. teams and numerous quarterbacks where you know a quarterback that's pretty good and you know maybe in the bottom third of the league as far as NFL starters go in that Minshew category as well um, and even quarterbacks that are better you'll see a really hot streak from Kirk Cousins or a really hot streak from Jimmy Garoppolo and they're really efficient and then uh, at some point they turn into a pumpkin for a week and then you know you can't win any games so everything just has to go right and the complimentary aspects of the of the football game have to go right for Washington still to win games and they're still scratching and clawing just to get to six and six I'm not a believer 
but I can't be a believer in anybody else that's competing with them for a playoff spot. So why not Washington? At least they're playing good ball, unlike the Vikings and unlike the Panthers, who just fired their offensive coordinator that we'll get into on tomorrow's show, which was kind of a shocker for me. Um, the Falcons are god-awful, so they're not going to get in, even though they're a 5-7 and seven team and mathematically still pretty in this thing in the NFC. So at, at some point, just a team that's winning games... I guess it's going to be Washington that's going to make a playoff uh, run here. But they're not going to go very far once they get there. Because I'm just not – I, I like Heineke, but ideally he's your backup quarterback and not your starting quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, great great backup, spot starter, you know, I mean, limited, uh, 100% agree. But if we're going to pick seven teams in the NFC to go, I think your Niners are going to be ahead of Washington. But those other borderline teams, to me, are probably behind them. I mean, especially yeah. – the Eagles are the one that might be considered or might pick over Washington, but probably not. That'd be two years in a row that Washington's gone to the playoffs. Yeah, just kind of snuck in last year too, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. They won a terrible division last year, and this year they might be the seventh seed with nine wins or something. They actually That's might bad. have more wins this year than last year. Oh, they will. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were. Was it seven and nine? I think they were seven and nine yeah. last year. Right. They're already six and six. <laughs> that is interesting. That and. Um, the, the Eagles haven't had their bye week yet, which I believe is coming mm, up this week, in fact, for the Eagles. I think this is the last week of bye. Yeah, this is so. it. So it's got to be the Eagles this week with a bye. Yep, it is. They don't play. And, and so Washington and Philly play twice still. So after the bye, it's Washington and Philly, December 19th. Two weeks later, January 2nd, second to last week of the season, it's Washington it's a uh, Philly at Washington there. So they got two more. So that that's going to be it, right? Those two wow. games, that's going to be it for second place in the East and the seventh seed in the playoffs. I think so. I mean, um, I think your Niners will be the sixth seed or the, you know, the Rams and Niners, I think will go. Everyone else will be division winners. And it probably comes down to Eagles, Washington. I'm pretty close to burying the Vikings. God, they they were the team I thought I thought it was gonna be Niners Vikings, and even yeah, after they lo- even after the Vikings lost to the Niners, but the Vikings losing to the Lions, and maybe you throw out the records division game. I, I still Boy, think the Vikings are right better now, than though. Washington, better than Philly, but they're not I've playing like it. A lot of Vikings homework leading up to Steelers Vikings Thursday night, and I'm down on where they're at as a team right now. Matt, I know you've been waiting to do this. Do you want to bury the Raiders at six and six in the AFC? If the Raiders played. The Dolphins in a neutral site. Which team do you like better? Picking Miami. I think the Raiders in Denver are buried. Yeah, there's no path to a division championship for either one of those anymore. There's too many teams vying for those spots. I mean, obviously one of those teams could win out. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they're both six and six. Yeah, ten and six would get you in. Oh, it's here's the Raiders' schedule the rest of the way too. Eleven. They're it's it's hard at Kansas City at Cleveland. At home versus the Broncos, at the Colts, and then at home versus the Chargers to finish it out. They may not be favored in any of those. Yeah, they'll be favored maybe at home against the Broncos, but that's that. It'll be a close one still. Right, right. So that's What's tough. Denver's schedule real quick, if you don't mind? Yeah, those two to that. me, and really, if the Browns come out of the bye and look terrible, or if the Steelers lose to Minnesota, those are teams I think we can come pretty darn close to burying just because there's so many teams in the AFC in it. Broncos' schedule is similar, except for they do have the Lions next week. So okay. they, Broncos get the Lions next week. Then they have Bengals, at Raiders, at Chargers, and at home against the Chiefs. So those are three common opponents there. Yeah. 
So very. At least they play each other, but I, right. I don't see either one getting the ten wins, which is I think the is going to be needed in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Last game, have. last game we have not covered here was the Rams beating up on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We don't spend a lot of time on this one. I, I don't, don't think. think. So. <laughs> I mean, it's it's similar to that Colts beating up on uh, the Texans game. And uh, Matthew Stafford, three touchdown passes, a get-well game. This is kind of what we called on Friday when we were looking at this game. And uh, a get-well game for the Rams at home against Jacksonville. was traveling across the country, beat up on them 37-7. Three touchdown passes, 295 yards passing for Matthew Stafford, getting Cooper Cup involved, getting um, Odell Beckham involved with the touchdown pass, another one to Van Jefferson as well. Eight catches for 129 yards for Cooper Cup, who's just putting up ridiculous stats this season. Sony Michelle, too, was um, the main back because Henderson was out in this one. 24 carries for 121 yards and a touchdown. So they did it through the air. They did it on the ground. They just had their way with the Jags. Yeah, I mean, get right game for the Rams. I'm not going to say all their problems have been washed away, you know, because of this victory. A little bit of a, well, very disturbing trend, and there's many disturbing trends with the Jags. This is a second time that this staff has come west, and they've gotten blown out by Seattle and the Rams in similar fashion, and Seattle isn't very good. Uh, Lawrence is getting no help. Stafford's still fighting something, but, you know, he's a tough guy, and, you know, I think the Rams are turning the corner, but I'm not ready to say everything is wonderful. Uh, no one cares about Matt Williams's fantasy team, but I kept waiting and waiting until the inactive list came out. Should I put in Sony Michelle, who's been sitting on my bench waiting for this day, or will I just live with Odell? Henderson was active, so I put Michelle on the bench, and at least Odell caught a touchdown, but oh well. Yeah, the disturbing part of this for Jacksonville is that Trevor Lawrence isn't getting better week to week. Even I don't against, know that I blame him though. I mean, it's not it's not it's not on him necessarily, but you know where, where where's the development path? It looked like he was starting to get right. there after a few weeks of the season, even though they were losing games, and you know he completed sixty four percent of his passes in week three and seventy percent of his passes in week four on a short week. Thursday night football against the Bengals, and they got a win against Miami at three hundred yards passing. And then it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. 45% a couple weeks ago. He's under 60% for the year. And overall, his numbers aren't going to look terrible in the end, but more interceptions than touchdowns. And Peyton Manning was the same way as a rookie. But I wanted to see a little bit more of an upper arc at the end of a season that we're just not seeing right now. Yeah, and I'm certainly worried that they're going to ruin him. I mean, without question, this is not going well. I'm giving him the ultimate pass this year. I mean, the scheme hasn't helped him. It looked like he was going to have receivers, you know, Chark and Jones and Chenault, you know, when the season started. Mm-hmm. And then it became Agnew was the top receiver. And now <laughs> it's LaCron Treadwell. You know, like, come on. Man. Uh, yeah, cast off and Treadwell. They're not using LaVisca <laughs> Chenault at all like we thought it was going to be looking at the preseason right. games. I don't know what happened to that. Uh, they Robinson's, get no separation from their receivers. Yeah, Robinson's banged up. So you've got, I mean, you've got cast offs like Carlos Hyde and Laquan Treadwell as your number one <laughs> right. r- rusher and receiver in this game. I think that tells a lot of the story. Like he would kill to have Dan Arnold back. You know, like they don't have anybody making plays now. 
All right, that is week 13. I think we're learning a lot about these teams now and some things getting a little bit clearer in the AFC and NFC playoff pictures. Your questions tomorrow. We've got a few already lined up, but whatever you guys want to get into, hit us up on Twitter at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL before we start looking ahead to week 14 on the schedule. Uh, One big story we haven't covered yet was the firing of Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady who was like Weird. the wonderkind yeah. and he was getting head coach interviews so we've got to cover that we did not have time these last two days to do that and all the rest of the news everything going on in the NFL right here Peacock and Williamson